Welcome to the Divorce Talk with Twyla Show, where we talk all things divorce, and you will be inspired, informed, encouraged, and empowered. Now, let's welcome our host, Twyla M. Marks, the divorce recovery expert. She is Coach Twyla, the Get Your Happy Back Divorce Coach. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Happy Monday. I am Twyla M. Marks. I am the divorce recovery expert, a.k.a. Coach Twyla, the Get Your Happy Back Divorce Coach. Thank you all so very much for tuning in on tonight. I know you're excited as I am. I took a week break. Listen, I needed a break, y'all. I just needed to relax, and that's what I did on last week. So we are back live in action on tonight, and I'm so excited because tonight kicks off the first episode of Bonus Mom, Bonus Dad, the series, and it's part one. So for the next three weeks, I'm going to have some amazing expert guests with me live in action, and we're going to talk about blended families. And what do you call yourself? Do you call yourself stepmom, stepdad? You know, in today's society, there's so many people, unfortunately, I'm included in that number that have went through divorce, right? They remarry, they have children from a previous relationship, and then you've got to blend that thing together. I lived it. I know when I got married, uh, my ex-husband, he had a son, I had a daughter. We both had children, not from a previous marriage, but a previous relationship. And we had an already made family. And so in my household, now I'm not saying this applies to everyone. In my household, we never address each other as step anything. We always address each other as mom or dad or, um, and at the time, 14 plus years ago, we didn't know of the term bonus mom, bonus dad. So let's talk about it. And so again, for the next three weeks, that's what we're talking about in this series. So, but Tonight, I'm excited to share that I have an amazing guest. I reached out to Joel. Um, I met him on social media and we just clicked. I just love his spirit. I love his personality. And so my guest tonight is Mr. Joel Paul Baker. He is a blended families coach, life coach. And so let's just welcome Joel to the Divorce Talk with Twyla show. Hey, Twyla, thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited to talk with you today. Yes, yes, Joel. Thank you so much for being here. And I am excited. Uh, this start, You're kicking it off, Joel, so we got to do it right. You got to set the bar. <laughs> I can do that. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. So, Joel, why don't you just introduce yourself to the listening and viewing audience on tonight? Tell who you are, a little bit about your personal story, and then we'll just dive right on into our topic on tonight. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, again, I'm excited to be chatting with you, and I appreciate the opportunity um, to do that. So as you mentioned, my name is Joel Hallbaker, and I do a lot of work with blended families. And I started doing this a few years ago after getting into professional speaking in the leadership space. I really felt like I was being called in a different area uh, for a variety of reasons. And one of that, uh, one of those reasons is because of my background. Uh, my parents divorced when I was in middle school. And they actually had a better divorce than a lot of marriages that I've seen. Uh, but at the time, 
uh, divorce rates, at least where I'm from, were not very high. And so when my parents split up, I can remember having the conscious thought of I just became a statistic because I just didn't know that many people whose parents weren't together. And so uh, that didn't um, I didn't understand how big a deal that was going to be or how big a role that was going to play in my life. About a year after my parents split up, my mom started dating a man named Brian, who I still call my stepdad, even though they never married. Uh, they mm -hmm. were together for over a decade and uh, I still stay in touch with Brian now and he still checks in on my mom and he's, he's just a good man. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I called him my stepdad now for, for uh, a couple of decades. Mm -hmm. And um, then I got married for the first time when I was halfway through college, I was 19 and um, so I got married for the first time then um, about a year after we got married, we found out we were pregnant with our first child. And so my older daughter was born three weeks after I got my college diploma. So I'm 21 years old, wow. um, had a kid, had a full time job, moved 500 miles away from home and started teaching high school and coaching soccer. We mm -hmm. had another daughter a couple of years after that. And then we got divorced uh, eight and a half years after our marriage. So mm -hmm. I got divorced about a decade ago and uh, had two daughters from that first marriage. I remarried. Uh, it'll be eight years ago next month. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I've been remarried now for almost eight years, still have the two daughters from my first marriage. Um, my wife now had never been married before. And so she didn't have any, she also didn't have any kids that she brought into the relationship. My ex-wife remarried about six months before I did. She okay. and her second husband had a child together. So my girls have a little brother at their mom's house. Um, mm -hmm. She has since re-divorced. And so that's kind of the situation that my kids are in. So I'm one of those people who's seen it from both sides. I saw it as a kid and yeah. I've, I've been through it as an adult with kids. And now my daughters are, are teenagers. My older one will be 18 next month. My younger one just turned 15 last month uh, or two months ago. And um, God help us. She got her driver's permit recently. <laughs> and so that's been a lot of fun uh, for me to be teaching a second daughter how to drive. Um, and so that's kind of how I got started doing all of this is, uh, again, I, I was very blessed. It's weird to say I was very blessed because my parents had a good divorce. So when I went through mine, I was able to ask myself, what would my parents have done? What would my dad have done here? What would mom have said about this? And it provided a really good sort of North Star for figuring out a course of action for me to follow. And the more that I did that, the more I found how much I had in common um, with other people who had been through it, but I also found out that my situation was unique in that most people that see a divorce when they're a kid, they don't see it done well. They, right. they see it done ugly. And, right. um, and so I realized that I had a lot to learn, but I also had a lot to teach because of the experiences that I had had. And so again, uh, about three or four years ago, I started mm -hmm. working with blended families. Uh, I've been to conferences all over the United States. I've worked with um, different organizations from church groups to Head Start organizations, uh, mm -hmm. both working with the parents directly or training the people who work with blended families. So like a lot of the Head Start, if you're familiar with that, you know, yeah, a lot of kids yeah. that, yeah, a lot of kids that go to Head Start come from, I don't know if broken this is homes. correct anymore, broken homes. That's exactly yeah, the term yeah. I was going to use. Yeah, um, yeah. And so that means a lot of the people that work at Head Start, they're either in blended families or they work with them or both. And so I've done training for, for Head Start. I've done those in Orlando. I've done those in Louisiana. I've done those in Oregon. I've done online ones for people all over. And I love doing that uh, because, uh, one, it's every blended family is unique. But right. two, every blended family also has things that they can do that will help the family improve regardless of what the actual uniqueness of that family is. Mm -hmm. So what I tried to do is I tried to put together principles that are true, 
even if they can be applied differently in different situations. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so what I did is I put together what I call the 10 commandments for blended families. And that's the key of what I teach. That's the core of what I do whenever yes. I go do these trainings and things like that. The so that's been, a, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, you've got, you know, so I'm a Christian. I teach at a small Christian school. I'm pretty mm -hmm. outspoken about my faith, but the thing is this these principles are true regardless of whether you're a believer or not. And so that's one thing I have to make sure that I tell people I'm, I'm not trying to proselytize. I'm not trying to make everybody be a Christian, right? but I am one. So that's where this comes from. So if you're familiar with the old Testament, you had 10 commandments. And then right. in the new Testament, someone tried to test Jesus and say, well, which one is the most important? And he says, well, the, two things. He says, one, you need to love your God. And two, yeah. you need to love people. And right. so I did the same thing in the opposite direction. I came up with 10 commandments and then I took them down to two pillars, two key pillars, right? Okay. And so here's the two pillars that I share with people. Number one, you need to be the adult you want your kids to become. Oh my goodness. Say that right? again, Joel. That is awesome. I well, love that. I totally, I totally stole the first part of that from Gandhi. You guys are familiar with Mahatma Gandhi, right? He led the Indian independence movement in the 1900s. He said, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. Well, for divorced people, you need to be the adult you want your kids to become. So Amen. if you want your kid to be petty, if you want them to be hurtful, if you want them to be spiteful, by all means, demonstrate that to your children in your divorce. Mm -hmm. But if you want your kid to be respectful, if you want them to be kind, if you want them to love others, even when they're being treated badly, which yeah. I think most people can agree, that's what we want our kids to be like, then we need to demonstrate that. We need right. to show our children what it is we want them to be like, not through what we say, but through how we live. Our actions. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's pillar number one. And the second one is the same thing that we've heard since we were all five years old and went to kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Remember the golden rule. Golden right? rule. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Because if you do that, that will solve a whole host of problems. And mm -hmm. if you'll do that, especially when you're not being shown the same respect, that goes a long way towards setting a positive example for your kids. Amen. Right? If, yes. if we could just remember those two things, everything else becomes much easier. Unfortunately, yes. it's really easy to say those things. It's really hard to live those things out when you've been mistreated, when you've been hurt, when you've been oh, lied to, right? Those like, I understand because I guarantee there's someone watching right now who goes, listen, Joel, that sounds good. You don't know my ex. You don't know yes. how badly they treat. And here's what I would say to them. You're correct. I don't know what they did. I, and I'm sorry for whatever they did that hurt you so badly. I'm not trying to ignore that or act like it's not important. Right. What I'm saying is if you want to raise your kids as well as you can, you have mm -hmm. to find a way to not act based on your hurt in front That's of That's it. That's it. Not and, act and, based on your hurt. I love yeah, that. And, and it's hard because I don't have any magic pills to sell people. That's just going to instantly heal your hurt and fix your family. I don't have yeah. any silver bullets that are going to instantly fix every problem. What I have is practical advice that takes time and hard work. But if you do those things, you will see improvement. It's it's like people who try to lose weight. You could try to you could try the latest fad. You could try the latest pill. You know what you need to do? You need to eat less and exercise more. And I say that as a person who has both gained and lost fifty pounds multiple times as an adult. Oh wow! I've I've gained weight and gotten real heavy. I've lost weight and gotten in shape. And I've gained. So I know what I need to do. I need to eat less. I need to exercise more. Yeah. I don't want to do those things because I like food and I like sleep. <laughs> well, same thing in your blended family. If, if what you need to do is not act out of your hurt and give it time, yeah. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it no. will be worth it in the long run. 
Exactly. Oh my gosh. You dropped some bombs there, Joel. I love it. I love it. I love it. So let me ask you a question here. So when I know you're a blended families coach, when mm -hmm. you counsel or, or you have, well, you get a client, mm -hmm. I want to use the word counsel, get a client, you're coaching <laughs> right. uh, clients. Is it typically um, the mom only or the dad only, or are they coming as a team and trying to figure out how to maneuver and navigate through the blended family? What does that mm -hmm. look like typically? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's interesting because I've seen some of all of what you mentioned. Most of the time, it's either the mom or it's the mom and dad together. Rarely do I get just the dad reach out to me. And mm -hmm. that's probably not a compliment to us guys out there, but that's mm -hmm. how it is. Most of the time in relationships, if you see problems, it's the woman who reaches out for help first, right? And maybe that's the whole stubborn guy, like, I don't want to ask for directions kind of mentality or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, it's, yeah, most of the time, it's the mom who reaches out to me. And then when I talk with her, I'll ask her, is this something that you want to pursue by yourself? Or do we want to try to set up meetings where you and your husband can both be there together? Because mm -hmm. I think there is benefit to both. Yeah. And which whichever one is going to be more helpful depends on their situation, because if it is a problem between the two adults that's leading to stress, then it helps if both adults are present. If it's a problem between one of the adults and the kids or both adults and the kids, well, then it's less of an issue if both adults are present for the conversation. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. So let me, okay, so we're talking the biological parents or are we talking the newly blended family? Again, it, it's some it's of both. Scary. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's the biological parent. A lot of times it's the step parent who's going, uh, this is not what I thought it was going to be like. Because you, you see a lot of, and unfortunately, right. sometimes it's people who haven't been in them. You see a lot of people who go, well, listen, you, you married a person with kids. You knew what you were signing up for. Well, yes mm -hmm. and no. You knew they had kids. That is not the same thing as knowing what yes. their ex is going to be like. Right. And, and right. unfortunately, a lot of the time, the stress doesn't just come from the kids. It comes from the ex and the situation happening in the ex's home. And, mm. and that's not something you can really know until you're involved in the marriage itself, until you're involved in the family. Like, I mean, you know, mm -hmm. people, yeah. people try to be on their best behavior before you get married. And after you get married, you let your guard down a little bit. Right, and right. You, can't, you can't control your ex, but maybe you don't fully disclose how much influence your ex still has over your household. Right. And I'm, I'm not saying people necessarily do that on purpose, but it's it's kind of a thing that happens. So how about this? I just did a recent interview on my podcast with a couple of different people. Yeah. And and what they talked about was, and this, so this episode will be coming out in a few weeks. Uh -huh. They talked about what's called financial infidelity. And that's where um, a person who's been divorced with kids gets remarried and continues to give money over and above the regular child support or alimony, whatever, without telling their new spouse. Oh, that could be a that's problem. the exact face I made when I heard. Oh, <laughs> that could oh. be a problem. <laughs> right. And so that's yeah. why they call it financial infidelity, because wow. you're you're hitting those same yeah. trust. Yes. Fears, yes. Right. You're hitting those same old hurts of what else isn't he or she telling me if they're giving right. more money. And the thing is, it's not normally more money to the ex. It's normally spending more money on the kids than what the current spouse knows about. Right. Yeah. But, but as we were talking, I had that kind of conversation. I said, Oh my goodness, I've been guilty of that 
because there have been times when my ex will send me a message and say, hey, our daughter needs fill in the blank. And I'll say, yes, we can take care of that. And only later will I remember, oops, I probably should have checked with my wife first. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's a, now, if it's twenty dollars for something, that's not a big deal. But if right. my ex comes to me and says, "Hey, so for example, our daughter's about to graduate high school. She mm-hmm. wants senior portraits done. They're going to be five hundred dollars. Can you chip in?" Yeah. I should probably check with my spouse before I just put us on the hook for two hundred fifty dollars we weren't expecting me on the hook for. Exactly. Exactly. And if I don't do that, that's going to lead to problems. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah. So sometimes it's the mom that comes to me. Sometimes it's the dad. Sometimes it's both. I would say most of the time in a family where both parents brought kids into this, so both are biological and both are step parents, it's the mom that reaches out to me, right? It's normally going to be the mom that reaches out to me. Um, if If it's a marriage like mine where the dad brought kids in, but the mom did not, it's normally the dad that reaches out to me. Okay. Because because what He's they're often seeing the is, yeah, exactly, because it has to do with the kids. And they're going, well, my, my wife doesn't understand this, or she's giving me a hard time about that, or my right. ex is driving me crazy with this, and so my wife's on my back, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, Joe, are there any type of, like, um, patterns that you, that you see with blended families, Um, some of the same issues or Mm -hmm. are there different issues? I know for me, just personally speaking, Mm -hmm. um, my situation was kind of different because Mm -hmm. my son, my ex-husband's son at the time, and I addressed him as son, I never addressed him as stepson. And I mentioned that Mm -hmm. early on uh, how Mm -hmm. our household operated. However, he did not know his biological mother. And okay. my daughter did not have, and I've, I've spoken publicly about this before, so I don't have a problem talking about it now on mm-hmm. my show. Um, but, and my daughter did not have a relationship really at all with her biological father. So okay. I say that because we were really the only parents that they knew. Right. You know, and it's particularly my ex-husband's son. And mm-hmm. um, so again, it was different. So we didn't mm-hmm. have the outside uh, right. What do you want to call it? I guess stressors right. of right. the biological parent blowing our phones up or anything of that nature. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. we were the parents. Right. We were it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though they weren't our biological children. And then we had a son together. Okay. And, you know, five or six years later. But mm-hmm. long story short, I'm just saying that. I say five or six years later. No, they're five or six years apart. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We were married and then we had a child pretty much instantly together. But mm-hmm. I want to know, are there any type of, um, you know, similarities as it relates to the blended family and when you're coaching? Yeah. Uh, is it the kids? Is it the outside stressors? Is it how to communicate with the other parents? Or is it yeah. all across the board? <laughs> it's well, it's all of the above. You, you actually you hit on some excellent, excellent ones that come up often. Um, you mentioned the outside stressors from the other biological parent. That's that's very common, um, and we'll talk about why that is a little bit. And you mentioned communication. I would argue those are two of the biggest issues that lead to more divorces. So if you're already in a blended family, the divorce rate for a second marriage is higher than for a first marriage. Absolutely. Yes. And and part of the reason for that is, is what you just mentioned. One is outside stressors. Here's one of the things that I've learned in, in my work. And I, I knew this when I went through my own divorce. Um, every blended family comes from a place of pain for someone. Because by definition, if you're on a second marriage, that means a first marriage ended, whether that was through abandonment, divorce, mutual separation, uh, death of a loved one. 
whatever it is, somebody went through some pain or there is no blended family. Right. And so that's hard. That means that everyone that comes into a blended family is bringing with them some emotional luggage and they may not even be aware of how big it is until, like we touched on earlier with the financial infidelity, that touches on trust issues that may have nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. But because that person experienced problems with trust in the past, that's what that's the little pain spot that it's hitting. Yes. And so one of the big issues that I see is um, partners not understanding when their actions are causing pain to their spouse because of something that happened in a previous relationship or marriage. That's a big one. And and so that actually, that blends really well with the second one you mentioned, which is communication. Because if I, as the, if I, as the husband don't realize that what I'm doing is hurting my wife because of a previous Mm -hmm. relationship, I can't Mm -hmm. fix it. And, and, and so I'm going to, ladies, you're going to have to forgive me for this. I need you to understand something very important. We are not mind readers. As much as you might want us to be, as much as it would be glorious if we could, (laughs) we are not good at that. And I can't speak for every guy. I can only speak for most of the guys that I've ever known. We're not real bright when it comes to females. Just in general, like I have a wife, I got an ex-wife, I got a mom and a grandmother still alive. I've got two teenage daughters and I coach girls soccer for a living. I had 30 girls at practice today. I am not good with females. (laughs) <laughs> I just, I don't get you. You're okay? not wired that way. That's I'm not, not I have different, that's right. Men, I have different chromosomes than you. My brain works differently. I don't get it. And so that means wives, you got to be a little patient with us. And if you, if you need something from us, and I mean this very sincerely, tell us, Amen. Tell us. but if I can say this, tell us respectfully, right? There's a book, there's a book my wife and I recommend to everybody. It's called Love and Respect. It's by a guy named Dr. Emerson Egricks. He's a pastor. And I love this book because it's one that my wife and I read before we got married. And it touched on every issue that I knew I had, but I've never been able to put into words, Mm. right? And basically here's the premise of the book. Okay. Um, In the, in the New Testament, I think it's in the book of Ephesians. There's a verse that says, wives, uh, love your husbands. No, I'm sorry. It says husbands love your wives the way that Christ loves the church and, right. and husbands res- or wives respect your husbands. Right. And it uses different words. It says wives respect your husbands, husbands love your wives. And that's because as women, according to the book, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I've never been a woman. And so I'm never going to know what that's like. Right. But <laughs> women need to know that they are loved and cherished. You need to know that you are special and that Amen. you are protected. And like that's a big thing. Yeah. Guys, we don't, we, don't know that, we don't need to know that we're loved and cherished. We need to be respected. We need That's to know it. that you respect me, right? You can tell me you love me all day, but if you talk to me like I'm an idiot in front of people, I'm not mm. going to ever believe that you actually love me because you treated me like I was a child. Come on so, now. So yes. tell me what you need, but tell me respectfully. And if you have to tell me a couple times because I'm dense, be patient with me. That's right. right. And, and That's so right. that like that was huge for me. And so in a lot of the families I work with, I see the same thing where the husband does something and it bothers the wife and she kind of hints at it or sort of alludes to it, but she won't just come right out and say, Hey honey, listen, when you do this, it makes me feel this. Right. Right. Come on. Or if they do not to be fair, sometimes wives do that and husbands go, I don't understand. Yes, that's true. Sometimes we don't understand. So tell us again, or maybe tell us whatever. I'm not saying it's all the wife's fault. It's certainly not. I'm not saying it's all the husband's fault. Like, Mm-hmm. But the thing is, in these families, communication is extremely critical because, as, as you know, from being in one, communication sets the tone for everything. What you yes. communicate about 
or sorry, what you communicate and how you communicate. Mm -hmm. Those things um, set the tone for the whole relationship. If you get up in the morning and the first thing that you get from your spouse is annoyance, that sets the tone for the whole day. That's the tone for the whole day. Yes. Right. Um, and, and so how we communicate with each other is obviously very important. The hard part about being in a blended family is sometimes the way that I communicate is not the way that my wife does because yeah. I'm still trying to communicate the way I did with my first wife. Yeah. And, oh, and wow. guys, yeah, guys, let me give you a tip. You don't ever Come want on. to be communicating with your wife the way you communicate with your ex-wife. We they're are different people. And yes. dude, you need to know that they're different people. <laughs> Because yes. if not, you're going to get yourself in trouble as, as a person who's had to put his foot in his mouth many times, like just, you need to learn how your spouse communicates and you need to be respectful of that. And not just, well, in my first marriage, like never say that if, if it's going to be a comparison between your wife and your ex-wife, it doesn't matter what you say. You're going to get that wrong. It's always going to be wrong. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> just don't compare. Just don't, just don't do that. Don't do it. Yeah. Right. Don't and again, it's, it's important to understand communication is one of those big issues, right? Like yeah. we talked about. Uh, yeah. And again, the, the other part of that is, uh, and I, I love that you touched on this earlier, what should you have your kids, biological or stepkids, how do you address that topic? What titles do you use, what right? And because that's because that's a hard one, especially when you do have another biological parent who lives outside the home. Mm -hmm. So in our family, I've got two daughters. And so when my ex-wife decided to remarry, Mm -hmm. um, we got together and we actually had a big sit down conversation with my, my at the time fiance and myself and my ex-wife okay. and her at the time fiance. And we all sat down together and we talked about it. What are the kids going to call you? What are the kids going to call you? And this is good, uh, Joe. My know, gosh, and, and I was they, ready to ask you that question. Yeah. You're just going right on in. So well, let's talk I love about it. Cause you, you brought it up earlier and I, I love that you did. Cause that's a big one. Because the thing is, if I've got two daughters and they have a mom who is alive, we don't need my daughters to call my wife, their stepmom, mom, because that's going to be confusing to the kids and hurtful yeah. to my ex-wife. Yes, okay. it is. So my and kids never did that. Even that's why we're doing this series. And this is what yeah. I want to speak. And it's true to the listeners and the viewers, because mm -hmm. this is real life. This is real life, right? Yeah. People, yeah. Through this. People yeah. get remarried. People have children from previous yeah. relationships, previous marriages. So y'all had a sit down conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm loving it. So folks, yeah. everyone listening, everyone tuning <laughs> in right now, lean your ears in, listen to this. <laughs> it was, it's funny because um, before we ever had that sit down, my, my now wife at the time, fiance, she and I had been dating for over a year and what my kids are, her name is Mary Ellen. And so what my kids had called her from the beginning is Mel because it's, it's a nickname. So it's, yeah. it's short because my kids at the time were on five and seven or something like that. Okay. I'm not going to expect my five-year-old to remember to say Mary Ellen every, like that's. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but, but they have a mom and their mom is alive and their mom lives two miles down the road. So mm -hmm. we're not going to try to, we're, we're not going to be disrespectful to mom by right. having my kids call someone that isn't their mom, mom. Right. Because that's right. it, that would have been her in the same way that I wouldn't have wanted my daughters to call someone else dad. That's like, it. Ab absolutely not. No, sir. Yeah. We need to talk about this, right? Right. Okay. So that means I need to show my ex-wife that same respect. So my daughters grew up calling my wife Mel, and that's what okay. they've called her ever since then, right? And that's what they call her now. They text her, hey, Mel, you know, can you pick me up, take me, whatever. Hey, Mel, yeah. thanks for coming to my soccer game, whatever it is. And so that's what we did with my ex-wife's second husband. His mm -hmm. name is Kyle. That's what the girls called him. They just called him Kyle. 
right? They didn't call him dad. They didn't call him stepdad or bonus. It was just, okay, we call Mel, Mel. So we'll call Kyle, Kyle. Okay, that's fine. Because that was okay with him. And it was fine with me. And so it worked out fine. And that was the thing is we got feedback from those step parents to ask how they felt about it too. Because I I didn't want my kids to go to my wife and go, hey, stepmom, can we? Like that's Yeah. Yeah. We need need something more personal. So you all had an understanding. Everybody Mm -hmm. was okay with it. You're on the Mm -hmm. same page and it wasn't an issue. Now, I want to say this to our audience right now. This is not everybody's story. And my story was different from yep. even from Joel's story. Yep. And we were fine with our kids calling mom and dad because I've already mentioned yep. there was no other parent right. involved at right. the time. Yep. My husband's ex-husband's son, and still to this day, doesn't know his biological mother. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a very different, different scenario. That's a yeah. completely yeah. different situation. Yeah. Right? Well, and that's well, what we talked about earlier is how, um, even though every blended family has certain common issues, like what do you call the other parent? Everyone is unique. Cause like you said, your situation, very different than mine. In my situation, my ex-wife and I live close enough. We could walk down the road to each other's houses. Like, <laughs> she, I, I go pick up. So both my daughters live with their mom uh, okay. and they live, it's literally six minutes away in my car. Right. It's wow. it, we we live in a small town of twenty thousand people. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody right? knows everybody. And so yeah. we're what we wanted to do from the very beginning of when we got divorced is we want to make sure that we raise our kids the best we can. And that means even if we don't like it, trying to be respectful of each other. And one of the biggest Amen. ways is what do we call each other? Mm-hmm. And how do we talk to each other? And how do we talk about each other when the kids are around? Right. That's so good. And, and those are important things to remember. And like you said, everybody's situation is different. If the if the biological parent on the other side isn't involved at all. OK, well, that's a different conversation than the one we had where mom literally lives a walk down the road. Yeah. That's, that's a different thing. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's a conversation that you need to have and yeah. you need to have it with whoever is going to be involved. So right. if it's just you and the spouse, or if it's just you and one ex, or if it's you and each of you have an ex, those are Every different time. conversations. Yes. Make sure, folks, what Joel is saying, to get an understanding. Don't go into it assuming anything. Right. Yeah. And the thing like, is, oh, they're going to call the me mom, or I'm going to, mm-hmm. no, have a conversation. And yeah. pro- probably best to have it before you say, I do. When it's yes. serious, you're engaged because yeah. you said you, y'all were engaged. Y'all weren't even married yet, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. 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 And even before we were engaged, when we were just dating, we knew we were going to get married because my my divorce was not very pleasant. Like most people's when they go through divorce, not very yeah. pleasant. When I first went through a divorce, I decided I was just never going to get married again. That was my plan because when my parents divorced, my dad, I don't even think my dad ever went on a date from the time he and my mom divorced till the day no. he died. I don't think he even, we tried to get him to go on a date with a lady from church, not interested. And wow. so I thought, okay, well, dad didn't ever date again. I'm probably never going to date again. So be it. Yeah. And and God had other plans and he brought Mary Ellen along and I'm, I'm infinitely thankful that he did. Um, but when we started dating, it was, okay, here's the thing. If we're going to date, here's what you need to know up front. One, I'm not into the casual dating. I am in my late 20s, almost 30 years old. I have two daughters already. I'm not going to do the whole, I just date for fun. No. Yeah. That's I'm a not, terrible example to set for my kids. Like I'm not, <laughs> no. And yeah. so when we started dating, I actually went up to her parents' house and asked them for permission to date their daughter. Even though I was almost 30 and she was in college, 
Um, because what I wanted was I wanted one, I wanted to do that because that's what I want my daughters. If they're going to have a boyfriend, my older one has, I want them to come and talk with me. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and two, unfortunately for me, um, I was, I was a teenage guy at one point and my wife's parents knew me back then because I worked for my wife's mom many years ago. She, her wife, uh, my wife's mom, my, my mother-in-law was a manager at a local swim club. And I was a lifeguard when I was 15, 16, 17. I worked for her mom when I was an idiot. And so, <laughs> oh, and so I thought to myself, if I want to date their daughter, I need to prove to them that I am a grown up now and less of an idiot than when I was a teenager. Right. So I went up there and talked with her parents and, and they gave me, it was really funny. Actually. Um, I did the same thing before we got married. And I asked, uh, you know, I went up there and I said, Hey, I'd like to talk about Mary and your daughter. Uh, we've been dating for over a year now. And, um, and this is what we feel like would be uh, the right thing to do. This is what we want to do. And, um, her mom looked right at me and she said, you're not good enough for our daughter. Just flat out. Just, (laughs) just said what everybody was thinking. And I looked at her and I said, you're right. And I agree. (laughs) However, she's really interested in me and I'm really interested in her. And, you know, she's come around. Her mom was actually wonderful to me. She loves me and she's wonderful. But we like to tell that story just to pick on my mother-in-law a little bit, which is great. (laughs) Um, But it's important, too, because that actually leads into another conversation, because here's the other one that gets people real riled up. If you have married into a blended family, what do your kids call their new grandparents? Oh, wow. Now, that's a good one. Because my, my in-laws live 10 minutes down the road. They're, they've been very involved in my kids' lives. They've helped pick them up from school. We do Christmas over there. We used to go up and have dinner once a week with them. Like, mm-hmm. they've been very involved. So the, in the same way, you need to have a conversation about what are you going to call each other? What are the kids going to call, you know, the parents the that are living parents, at home? Right. What are you going to call your new grandparents? What role are those grandparents going to have when it comes to things like Christmas? Are they going to be the grandparents that try to outdo everybody by buying the most expensive presents? Or are they going to be the grandparents who, well, those aren't really our grandkids because they're married. And like, oh, you, you've got to have those conversations. Yeah. And be, because, so good. because yeah. what you don't want is, if so in your situation, let's say that you had a kid from a previous relationship and your husband mm-hmm. does as well. And then right. you have one together. Do your parents buy the same kinds of presents for all three kids or yeah. just the yours baby or just the baby that you, you know what I mean? There's because- no difference. Yes. And in our situation, in my situation, and my mom or grandmother, they may be tuning mm-hmm. in or they may watch again or later. Yeah. They, they everybody treated both kids the mm-hmm. same. Like there was yeah. no Good. differentiation between. Good. That's um, wonderful. The same, we call them TJ. Between okay. TJ and Brittany and okay. Kyle, my son, the, the son that we have together, his mm-hmm. name is Kyle. And, you know, we all, it was just like, even though I wasn't happy, <laughs> that's why I'm divorced 14 years yeah. later. But as it relates to the kids, Joel, yeah. my point here is we did not treat them differently. You know, yeah. like one gets one gift and the other one gets all oh, 10 gifts, all the right. 10 gifts. And then this one right. gets one, you know, yeah. no. Or, yeah. But, yeah. But that's yeah. a great point. And I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even think about that. And there may be mm-hmm. someone watching and listening now live or will watch the replay that could mm-hmm. be in that situation. So I just like to ask, what do your kids call the other set of grandparents? So <laughs> while we're it's on interesting. This, the, yeah. The good news is there are lots of great names for grandparents. Yes, there is. So, I think so, there's more so for grandparents than oh, yeah. moms and dads. Yes, completely agree. Yeah. So, so they actually, they actually um, uh, I'm trying to remember, they call my wife's 
my ex-wife's parents, Oma and Opa, and I think those are the German forms of like grandmother and grandfather. Okay. Um, they call my mom Nana, and they called my dad Grandpa Oldie because he was really old, uh, at least in their eyes. Um, <laughs> and then my my wife now, they call her parents Papa and G Mama, or just G, right? And oh. so we have all those different titles. Um, and I'm trying to remember what they call my ex-wife's second husband's parents. I don't remember what they call him. I'm really sorry. Um, but yeah, but they have different titles for each of those. Yeah. And, um, and again, that made it easy. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, now again, not, not in my family, for which I'm very grateful. And I, I don't have any control over this. I'm not taking credit for it. But I've seen clients where one of their big frustrations is, well, listen, my wife's parents will buy her kids $300 worth of stuff. And yeah. then my kids, they buy them a pair of socks. Now, oh, I, I'm not saying they need to spend $300 on my kids. Just don't spend $300 on them and mm-hmm. only do this with my kid. Like, it's just hurtful yeah. on Christmas morning. And how are we supposed to explain that to him? Yeah. And unfortunately, some some parents, some that is grandparents or parents of the adults, some of them are really understanding. They go, oh, you know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Just like the titles. It just hasn't come up. And I'm really sorry. Other right. grandparents are just spiteful and they'll go hey listen that grandkid is not mine so i'm not buying it anything and if i want to spoil this grandkid you can't tell me no and it's like okay you may be right but you're not being helpful yeah yeah and and unfortunately that's a really hard one to deal with uh, because as the parent you're you have limited options do you just Mm -hmm. not give those presents how do you stop the grandparents from giving them when you go to visit their house like you're instantly creating division in the family by doing that Yep. Yeah. And yeah. It's, so it's not right. Yeah. That's it. And one of the other big things. So we talked about the two pillars and I mentioned the 10 commandments. One of the other things I talk about is what we call the five conversations that every blended family needs to have. And and one of them, it just has to do with that kind of stuff. I call it the et cetera conversation. And that's where you talk about grandparents and present buying and things like that. Um, because it, what about holidays, spending holidays? That's what I call the scheduling conversation. Who, where are the kids going to go to school? Um, who decides what sports or extracurriculars that they're involved in? And Mm -hmm. if I sign my kids up for something, are you therefore required to get them there? Or am I supposed to get them there? Cause I signed them up. Mm, Right. Because what if my schedule doesn't allow me to get them there, but you signed them up thinking, well, their dad can tell. Right. So you need to have those conversations and you need to have them. Here's the other part. Don't just have them once. You need to have them on a regular basis. I, I actually encourage my clients, you need to have these same conversations every six months to a year. And here's why. Because just just when you get things figured out, you're exactly right. The kids are a year older. As yeah. soon as you think you got it set. Uh, look, I thought I had it figured out with my ex and with our kids. And then the older one turned 12. Mm-hmm. And for us, 12 was 13. Like, you know how you get, well, can my kid turned 13 and they became a crazy demon? For us, that was 12. Yeah. My older daughter yeah. turned 12 and she thought she was 35 and owned the whole world. And it was like, baby, <laughs> oh man, I love you. But right now you are testing my patience, something fierce. And and God love her. She's, I, I, I'm so proud of her because she's, she's strong and she's independent and she's driven and she cares about other people. But man, there were days when I just thought I, I could have, I should have sent you to a convent. I should have just made you go be a nun because that <laughs> way, that way you'd have had some kind of authority that you would have listened to. Right. On the other hand, she wouldn't be who she is if she didn't have those traits that I'm so very, very proud of, even though it drove me crazy when she was 13. Now yeah, that she's about yeah. to be 18 and go to college. Man, I couldn't be yeah. prouder of this kid. But, every awesome. parent, you know, when 
you're going to go through some button of heads with your kids when they're teenagers. You just are. Oh, yes. It, and so it, the problem is. It evolves. Evolve. They evolve. Yeah. They get older and things yep. change. The conversations with them change. That's the one. So at 13, <laughs> the conversation was about what clothes am I wearing? Yes. Right? And then at 14 and 15, it became things like, do I get a phone? What kind of phone do I have? What social yes. media am I allowed to have? And then it became, what about driving? And then it yes. became, what about boyfriends? Right. And, and how long can I stay out with my friends? All that where stuff. am I allowed to go? Who am I allowed no. to go with? Am I allowed to drive or ride with other people? Or does daddy have to drop me off and pick me up? And, like, <laughs> and just when you think you've got it sorted, they're a year older and the problems are different. Yes, and so you got to go back and you got to, because the thing is, so for us, we, we had conversations about things like nose rings and tattoos because oh, those yeah. are, because I've got a couple tattoos. My wife has a nose ring. And so my older daughter was like, well, I want a tattoo and nose ring. When I turn 17. <laughs> well, baby, I was 29 when I got my first tattoo. I'd like you to wait a little longer. Her mom wasn't concerned about it. So her mom took her for her 17th birthday. She got a nose ring and a tattoo. Well, that wasn't my favorite thing at the same time. What am I going to do about it at this point? Right. It's called pick your battles. Pick your battles. That's that's, that's, so, that's one, of the, that's one of the 10 commandments, right? One of the I 10 like, commandments. Yeah. Is, uh, it, says, yeah. um, it says use discernment to pick your battles. You have to decide, yeah. is this a hill that I'm willing to die on? Is this yeah. an actual red flag or is it just something I don't like? Yeah. I didn't want my daughter to get a tattoo when she was 17, but you know what? She did, and it doesn't make her a bad person. It doesn't no. make me love her any less. It's not right. going to destroy her life. That's right. not a hill worth dying on. Not at now, all. If, if we're talking about drug abuse, if we're talking about alcohol issues, if we're then talking about, you know, unprotected uh, before you're married sex kind of thing. Okay. Well, right. those are conversations. That's a, whole, that's a different conversation. <laughs> it's a nose ring and a tattoo. Okay. Well, I've got tattoos. My wife has a nose ring. Okay. Let's move on and pick something more important to discuss. Yes. But yes, these are conversations yes. you've got to have. Because if you don't have them, whatever house the kid happens to be at, they're going to yeah. get away with whatever they can get away with. We That's we were so all, true. can we just agree? We were all teenagers. We know how it works. Yes. Like, and yes. so if you're like me and you grew up in a divorced home, you knew whichever parent you could influence about certain things. Mm-hmm. If it's me, my kids knew if they could say, hey, dad, can we stay up a little bit late because we want to watch? And they would mention mm-hmm. a movie that I love. Absolutely. I am the total pushover when it comes to stay up late because we're going to watch a movie that I love. Yes. Let's watch Lord of the Rings for the 400th time. Let's watch Harry Potter for the 500th time. Yes. Right? With their mom, it was different stuff where she's a pushover. But kids know. And so you have to have those conversations so that when my kid comes to me and says, well, mom said it's okay if I – they need to know the first thing I'm going to do is text or call their mother and say, hey, I just wanted to check with you. Did you – now, that gets us back to the conversation already about communication because here's the thing, Twyla, if you're my ex and I call yeah. you out of nowhere and say, did you tell our daughter that she's allowed to yeah. – how are you going to respond to that? That is very uh, accusatory. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, it's, like, it's aggressive. It's, it's get your hackers up, right? And it puts me immediately on the defense. That, that's exactly right. It's so like, how about this? I'm not going to receive anything you just said. That's right. So what I'm if I call you and I say, myself at this that's point. right. So what if I call you and say, Hey, Twyla, listen, I was talking with our lovely daughter and she said to me, well, mom said I'm allowed to. And I just wanted to get your feedback because we both know sometimes they tell different versions of the truth. Could you, could you clarify for me? There you go. 
It's a very different conversation because very now different. instead of me accusing you, we are on the same team trying to raise our daughter together and trying That's to do that true. well. Does that make sense? That's great. Folks, did you hear that? It's not <laughs> really what you say. It's how. It's a lot of how you say it. It's Absolutely. a lot of how you communicate it to your ex. Oh my yeah. gosh, y'all. This has been awesome. My gosh, we've almost been talking an hour. Doesn't even seem that way. <laughs> It says time flies when you're having fun, right? That's it. But yeah, this has been an amazing, amazing conversation. And I just thoroughly love everything you've talked about. It's so true. It's so on point. And so many people need this. Hmm. And so because so many people are going through it. And yeah. I love, love, love the Ten Commandments. I love the fact that you, uh, you said the five conversations mm -hmm. that you have to have. Yes, and who are we gonna? What are we gonna call each other? And yep. that's all a part of this series, folks. So, Joel, how can people contact you and connect with you on social media? I've got your mm -hmm. uh, website scrolling here on the show uh, banner, yeah. but yeah, let us know how we can contact you because there may be some people out there that want to call, call you tonight or in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> or that's, that would, I would, I would love to hear from anybody who's watching this, whether it's uh, live or on the replay. Um, so I'm on a lot of social media. You'll find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And it's just my name, Joel W. Hallbaker. You're not going to find a whole lot of Hallbakers to begin with. <laughs> so if you find a, if you find a Joel W. Hallbaker, it's probably me. Um, so I'm on, again, like I said, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, you can also come to my website. It's joelwhallbaker.com. Um, and what you'll find there is a lot of the speaker work that I do, a lot of the training and that kind of stuff. Or, uh, and this is a website I didn't create, but was sort of gifted to me by the guy who did create it. It's called stepdadding.com. If you go to yeah. stepdadding.com, there's a free online course you can take. Um, it's, it's actually like a $497 course. We just give it away for free because people need it. Um, awesome. you can find the, um, there's a lot of blog posts on that website, stepdadding.com that you can read. Uh, there's a whole bunch of great resources there, or, um, you can go to my, my podcast. It's called 10 CBF that stands yeah. for 10 commandments for blended families, the 10 CBF podcast. It's on anchor, Spotify, Apple podcast. It's all over the place. Um, but you can, in each of those places, there's a contact me form. So you can mm -hmm. send me an email. It's Joel at joelwhallbaker.com. Send me a message on uh, on social media. That's how Twyla and I first started talking was Instagram messaging. Like, yeah. send me a message. You can find my phone number. It's on the website. Like, call me, text me, email me. Send me a message on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, whatever. Like, I'll be glad to help however I can. And Twyla, I wanted to tell you, too, one of the things that I like to do is for anyone who wants it, if you'll mm -hmm. send me a message, I will send you a free copy of what I call my Complete Blended Family Toolkit. Awesome. Right. Wow. It's it's a huge resource. It's got the two pillars, the five conversations, the Ten Commandments, and it's also got a seven day devotional for blended families based on the book of Proverbs. And so oh. if you you know, it's just a big PDF. If you'll email me, I will send that to you um, just for you to have. So any of your any oh. of your listeners or audience that want that, let me know and I'll be glad to get it to them. Awesome. I will definitely put that in the notes. Awesome, Joel. Thank you so very much. That is so needed. And I'm sure so many people will be inspired and blessed by that. And I love the fact, and I, I don't, I'm not ashamed of my faith either. You know, we talked about this. I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that your entire program is based around Christianity and your faith, mm -hmm. you know, and your podcast, the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. That I love yeah. it. Ten commandments for blended families. So yes, ma'am. 
Thank you so very much, Joel, for being here with me tonight. It's been a pleasure and an honor for you to kick off this series, Bonus Mom, Bonus Dad. And you definitely, I'm sure, inspired, encouraged, and informed my listening and viewing audience on the Divorce Talk with Twyla show. Well, thank you. I, it's been my pleasure entirely. Um, thank you for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity and um, look forward to seeing some of the future episodes as well. I'm, I'm honored to kick off this series and yeah. I look forward to learning from your future guests as well. So thank you very much. Awesome. You're welcome, Joel. Thank you so much. And you yes, have a wonderful night. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Well, folks, remember, if you enjoyed the show, just click the subscribe button on the YouTube channel divorce talk with twyla so you will know and listen live to all shows on the divorce talk with twyla show and don't forget share with your family and friends about the show and remember next week is part two and my special guest is miss terry vanover she is a divorce healing strategist and we're gonna continue on in the series bonus mom bonus dad let's talk about it until next week, this is Coach Twyla, the Get Your Happy Back Divorce Coach. I am out. What a great show. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, the Divorce Talk with Twyla show is out.